Hi, everyone. We're back uh, with another episode of this podcast after a little bit of a break. Uh, and we're ready to talk some Orange County Soccer Club soccer. Ooh, that's a, a lot to say there. This is the Orange of Black Soccer Cast. And it's in. Darwin Jones with the response for Orange County. And it is a massive one. Austin Bold dominant in the last 10 This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast or on Facebook at Orange and Black Soccer Cast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, presented by Roughneck Scarves and Icarus FC. We are the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Samora, and I am with you each and every episode, except for that one time, uh, here to talk about all things Orange County Soccer Club. The one person that has been here every episode, including that one time, and uh, making his appearance all the way from one of those flyover states, we got Dylan from Cadillac Coalition. Dylan, how is it out there in Iowa? It is, yeah, it is Iowa, um, as you can tell. It's very put together. Um, bit of a disaster, but no, it's it's good. It's cold here. It's like 30 degrees, and it rained, which I understand also happened in California recently. So, um, But no, I'm glad to be here, and I'm glad to keep my streak going. So take that, Ray. I was I was thinking I might be able to, to take back, or actually, Alan would have then had the the streak for consecutive uh, appearances. Alan in San Diego, how are you doing, man? Great, great, and more great. Um, yeah, it's chilly down here, which means soup and fake fire in the fireplace. So we're happy for it to go from summer to like winter. I guess we skip fall, but I think we're gonna like wrap back around and hit it again on our way back in. So don't worry, guys, we will have fall and all you pumpkin spice folks can get your fall on before that mocha season of Christmas rolls around. Such Californian in you, uh, Alan, the fake fire for the wintertime. Uh, one more person to bring on before we actually welcome on a very special guest uh, joining us. I don't know how many times now he's been on here, but he's uh, representing representing Kent Heat Lion Coalition along with Dylan, I guess. But this is more true Kent Lion Coalition, I think. And that's Andy. Andy, how you doing? Hey, thanks for having me on. Sorry you caught me there. Um, hey, I'm doing great. Uh, it, just like Dylan said, it's cold where I'm at, too. I had to put on pants today for uh, the third day in a row. Perfect. And so, um, like I said, we have a special guest to bring on here with us. So I'm going to go ahead and just bring him right on so he's, we're not wasting his time. Um, we're going to welcome on the general manager for Orange County Soccer Club, Oliver Vies. Oliver, welcome back to the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. Gentlemen, thanks for having me on. It looks everybody's in a very interesting place, so it's good to see everybody here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, 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 you know, this is the way we do things. We just find random places that we can. I'm in a, in a garage, and although it's not as cold as Dylan's weather there in, in Iowa, uh, it's still cold when you're in a garage and it's 50-something degrees out here in Southern California. I know a lot of people are going to make fun of me 
that's that that that's not true cold. Uh, but welcome, Oliver. So it's been a while since we've gotten a chance to have you on our show, um, and it's been a weird time since we last had you on our show. Uh, so let me just let me get to this uh, straight to this with you. Uh, the the club came into the 2020 season with a very big announcement with the partnership with Rangers. Uh, looks like things are going to go great. The club is being put together well, and then. Uh, the virus struck, and I think it derailed a lot of the plans for most professional professional sports and and the goals. Um, how did COVID nineteen impact this season for the, from the way you built the roster, uh, Oliver? Well, look, we obviously felt very strongly uh, after last year that we were adding the pieces we needed this year. Our goal is always to win the USL Championship. Um, that's the goal of every organization. But we feel very strongly. We've been close a few times. And we felt, especially we're bringing back uh, our most proven goal scorer, Thomas Ennewaldson, in the offseason and having him for obviously the whole season here, uh, that he could give us that lift, you know, to really get back to the glory for the playoffs and, and compete for a championship. But as we all know, uh, who could have expected uh, last year, right? Uh, I think I was on the show last on the opening game uh, when we played El Paso. And after that, we went on a four-month break and so many different things happened. But look, overall, um, it was a very difficult season. I'm happy we did have a, a season that was – there were a lot of times during the year where we didn't know we were going to be playing again. And uh, I think as an organization and as a team, we made the most out of it. I was extremely proud of all of our players, how they conducted themselves during that very difficult time. But, of course, on the field, we came short. Um we could have had maybe some excuses. Yes, we were in the toughest bracket. Yes, we played. You know, every game was was a tough game for us. But at the end, we came a little bit short. Uh, again, as I mentioned, not having Thomas, who went back uh, for the birth of his first daughter and his family wasn't able to come back in. And we felt it was, at that time, the best decision to leave him over there with his family and play in Denmark as we had him on a multi-year and bring him back uh, for next year. But as we can tell, even though we created more chances this year than last year, we ultimately, our conversion rate was simply not there what we needed to get back to where we wanted to be. But I think overall, uh, while a little bit disappointing with the end results, not making the playoffs and competing for a championship, I think overall uh, we had a good season and the partnership with Rangers was in the beginning stages. And I think everybody's shown that uh, we've developed their players. Uh, as we know, Danny Finlayson went back and, and got a deal into – uh, St. Mirren for the Scottish Premier League. Cami got plenty of playing time. <clears throat> and also Aaron got transferred, Aaron Cervantes, to Glasgow Rangers. So partnership perspective, I think year one, we accomplished our mission and we're only going to get stronger and better moving on forward. And I've been planning nonstop since the season ended for for even more great announce, announcements coming up soon. And, and trust me, we love when, when we get to have these great announcements from the club, uh, whether it's signings or development uh, deals or partnerships or whatnot. Um, really quick before we get on a little bit more to talk about the Rangers partnership and what we can expect out of that going forward. Also talk a little bit about the, the benefits uh, that it uh, impacted the club. Uh, you know, you have you know some experience as a, a as a manager or a coach out in the on the field for, for the team in the past. Um, do you have any explanation or any idea of what was going on with the players and why they were having such a difficult time getting the ball in the back of the net uh, in 2020? You know, I think what you want to do uh, as a team, you and you know how we've played the last few years, we, we want to create chances and we want to be in the forefront and we want to, you know, uh, dominate possession uh, when we play and we want to go out there. 
But the reality is, you know, we had a little bit of tighter roster than usual. And also don't forget, we had eight pl players under the age of 19 uh, and all of them obviously played and contributed. So it was a little bit of transition there. Uh, again, uh, it was not for lack of chances. It ultimately was just a lack of, of cohesiveness and, and clicking at the right time and finishing the chances that we had. And, and also sometimes we gave up silly goals uh, on the break as well. So I think overall, you know, it was not a it was not a perfect season, uh, and there are many many things as we analyze the season and the technical staff analyzes it obviously endlessly what we need to do to get better. Uh, it was not really one factor, but I think the the one factor everybody points to, and if you look at the stats, uh, the chances we created, uh, we were on top of the league, but the conversions we were almost at the bottom of the league, and and that doesn't depend on one player, right? Uh, that depends on everybody. You know, uh, we need to get better at set plays. We didn't execute as well as we could have, and. And at the end of the day, you know, you, you got to put the ball in the net, as we all know. And, and I think a few more goals with the opportunities we had would have probably put us right there because the reality is um, we feel we're as good, if not better, than any team in the league. And on any given day, we could be competing. But we also stick with the roster that we had, right? We didn't really make any changes uh, where other teams, and you look at San Diego, brought in a few top-quality players towards the towards the end and, and other teams added a few more pieces to it. We stick with who we have. We felt that the players earned the right uh, to play this season, and that included our younger ones. They worked really hard in the preseason. They also worked very hard during the quarantine, and they kept themselves fit. And everybody got the chance to play. And sometimes a little bit lack of experience maybe was was part of it as well. But look, overall, there's not one thing, and you know you could analyze it multiple times. Again, I think uh, if if you would say. The one thing we're missing was scoring goals, and and I think maybe having Thomas would have helped with that, but there's also no guarantee for that. Yeah, definitely Thomas probably would have been a big uh, help for this uh, this team uh, there. I think towards the end of the season, too, you saw the players sort of pressing for those goals and maybe uh, uh, either making the extra pass that wasn't maybe the best pass or, you know, taking the shot too quickly, and then the shot, you know, like you said, we had a lot of opportunities, just not a lot of quality opportunities there. Um, on the season. Let's talk about that Rangers partnership uh, because that's been a big, big thing for this club. It's going to be a big thing for this club with the development and the future. Uh, you know, part of the, the, the partnership saw Aaron Cervantes head over to uh, Scotland uh, this, this upcoming season, apparently, or, or at least on their roster. I know there's plans to load him out to uh, a team out there in Europe, which will be very good for him. Uh, and then, the players that they sent us, yeah, they're, they're players from their youth team or their younger players that aren't getting first team minutes out there uh, on Rangers first team, but they weren't sending us, you know, players that weren't going to get or weren't going to take advantage of the opportunities. We got some good quality performances out of Cami, out of Danny. Uh, unfortunately, Maddie Shields didn't really get a chance to showcase what he could do. Um, what are you? What are your thoughts or what? Do you, what's your like overall grade on how that partnership worked last season? What are your thoughts? Or what's what's the benefit going to be going forward? Well, I think, you know, as you guys knew, the partnership, and we had multiple European clubs that we looked at, it had to be based first and foremost on, on football or soccer, right? Uh, we were not as much interested on just marketing opportunities. We wanted to make sure it's based on players and player development, player movement. And I think it came together very fast, right? Obviously, we also had Matty Shields uh, there, and Matty Shields was actually the one player we had the most hope for because he gave us something we didn't have. Very, very good left uh, uh, back that can get up and down the field, very athletic, very pace. And once he had to go home for family reasons, we were never really able to replace him uh, 
and got the, got the what we needed out of it. And then Danny and Cami contributed. They played many, many games, as I said. I think the reality is uh, we got extremely positive feedback from Glasgow Rangers, from all the players, from the coaching staff, how happy they were, the way we developed the players, we treated the players. And on the turn, they were also very professional players. But it's very clear for us, we're also looking now to get the next level players, players who already are with the first team and players that maybe come over here uh, that, that are part of our team that have already played for Glasgow Rangers first team or some international players they're looking at. So I'm very excited about next year because the reality is the quality of players will be even higher than what we had this year. And not to take anything away from obviously Maddie and Cami and even Maddie when he were here because they were good players. But for us, we want to compete for the highest level and we want to make sure we have the best players possible. So uh, I'm sure we're all going to look forward to to have even the next level players and, uh, you know, that can truly make a difference. And for our players to continue to showcase themselves for over there, I mean, look, Glasgow Rangers didn't take uh, Aaron Cervantes because we had a partnership. Glasgow Rangers took uh, Aaron Cervantes because they believe he's a player that down the line can hopefully represent the first team someday. And when they trained over there, Aaron... Diego and Francis, they really proved themselves and they showed a great class. And they were the Ranger staff was really happy with the professionalism, with the talent, and they did really well in the games. So again, it's a partnership that really works on all fronts, uh, but it's a partnership that's going to uh, become a lot stronger as we go into year two. Uh, I think uh, you've saw in the first episode of our documentary. There's a few more coming out very soon. And then we're going to take this to a, to a new levels next year where you see uh, more players next caliber players, uh, coaching staff uh, more involved on both fronts, especially also with the USL Academy. So very, very exciting times. And we could have not gotten more out of the first year. And I think it's a partnership that really works for both sides and is only going to grow and get stronger. Well, um, Oliver, I did realize earlier today when I found out you were going to join us, uh, you've been on a few times and we've never asked you probably our most consistent question which is what is your favorite vegetable and and i know far from business ops far from anything that could be happening on the field but no one really listens to our <laughs> podcast because they want serious answers right They're in it. Find out <laughs> well listen i like. try to eat healthy as much as i can so vegetables are definitely part of it I, if i if i would have to pick one i actually happen to like uh, uh broccolini but that usually comes with a great steak so i don't know if we can say that the broccolini is the main dish, but uh, if it would have to be one, I probably would be fine with that one. I let me just jump on really quick, Alan. Uh, broccolini, what an answer! My eight-year-old, that's like his favorite vegetable. <laughs> he always asks me when I'm going to go shopping, "Daddy, can you buy some broccolini?" Um, but let me say this. I've never made it the way I made it the very first time for him. And he's been disappointed every other time since. So I need to go back in time and try and recapture that. But broccolini is an awesome choice. And I think that's the first time we've had that as a, as an answer on our podcast, right, Dylan? There you go. Yeah. He's shaking his head. Yes. For those that can't see. All right, Alan, go ahead. Um, we, we hit on this a little bit with, there was a little bit of lack of scoring, but not really a lack of opportunity. Um, and I know that the season was for Ray. Or for, yeah. Ray was really disappointed. Um, obviously not the most, exciting ending of the season but do you feel like you're just like one or two pieces away it feels like this team is like just a like just one piece or two pieces coming together to really make the team sparkle and how big was the recent signing in in addressing some of those issues 
Yeah, look, again, as I said, when we look into the season last year, we were uh, we lost in the playoffs. We lost against the eventual champion, right? And we had to go to uh, to Utah and play, play the game, and we had to play with 10 guys, and it's a game we would have fought if we could have played them at home. I uh, wouldn't have ended up in fifth, but ended up in fourth, which we had all the opportunities to do so. That that's a team we could have beat. We could have gone all the way to the final, give the run for the championship. But even then, we we knew we wanted to bring back a proven goal scorer. And like I said, with Thomas the year before, uh, when we went all the way to the Western Conference Finals, you know, he had scored twenty plus goals and had uh, fourteen assists and made everybody else better and was a great leader. So I think if we would have had him all season long. Um, you know, that was the one missing piece. Uh, you know, we, we had Michael Orozco here for the full season and he's a fantastic leader, but then, uh, due to short, a little bit of shorter roster, we had many, many guys who had to play many minutes. And then when we played two or three games a week, you know, you could tell that we were kind of running out of steam at the end of the day and dealt with injuries. And to be honest with you, a lot of our players played through injuries and they show great professionalism because they wanted to get to the next level. And we were there all the way. I think moving on forward, look, yeah, every team needs one or two pieces to ultimately get you to the promised land. And for us, it's always about trying to re-sign our core players. But it's also fair to say that a lot of our players who have done really well have a value in this league, and it's not as easy to sign everybody. And, and our players are being heavily recruited from other teams who, uh, who are willing to spend more money. Uh, as all of our players, we have a budget for the players we pay in. We want to be competitive, but we also have to be realistic. We don't have some of the money some of the other teams have in the league. And we might lose one or two of these players who chose to go the money route and continue to build what we have. But obviously bringing in Chris Vihan, who we felt was probably the best free agent out there, uh, who's had an incredible few years in the USL and played against us multiple times. He's, he's, he's a player that we missed this year because I think he's a player that when you need a goal, he can score goals, and, and he leads by example. He's a great role model. And on top of that, he's from Orange County. And we feel very, very strongly about this community and the fact that we want to be a, a club where the community is proud of, having the opportunity to bring him back <clears throat> and for him to be here, I think will make a big difference, especially on the field, but also off the field, very similar to when we were to, had the chance to bring Michael Orozco back. And so to bring these true Orange County uh, you know, role models and professional players back to our club, I think will enhance everything we're doing. And it's it's very exciting uh, to to be able to announce Chris and that he chose to come back to Orange County where he's very fond. And when we talked to him, he actually used to come to our games when he still played in high school, when we still played at UC Irvine and, and watched our games and was hoping to play someday for his hometown club. So it's, uh, it's a great story and we're looking forward to have him play for us and show his talents here now locally. Um, and, and as I mentioned on our intro, we have a uh, fan uh, from Canline Coalition, Andy, on here, and he's a super fan of our show as well. So that's why we have him on here. I want to give him an opportunity if he has a question for for you, Oliver. Do you have a question, Andy? Sure. Um, so really, I have a statement and then a question about something unrelated. Um, so as a fan, uh, and I, I'm hoping I'm speaking for other fans also, as I, I mostly want to say thank you uh, for giving us a season. Um you know, to me, it, it didn't end up the way we wanted, but to me, it was a gift. Um, it, I, I think it probably would have been really easy for any given team to just say, we're not going to play this season. Um, so, you know, again, honestly, thank you for giving us what we were able to get. Listen, Andy, and it goes the other way around too. wanted to thank you. I know you're a super fan, as are all of you are. 
and for you guys to come to all of our home games. And he started off with a few, and then we probably had 20 to 30, and he brought the ladder out, and you guys were cheering us. Made a big difference. And, you know, I think as we said, and I was asked when the pandemic hit, you know, uh, originally, I think from the LA Times, it says, you know, what, what is important? I said, look, for us, it's important now to take care of our community. And that's our fans. That's our players. That is our staff. Yes, of course, look, we'll be lying if we wouldn't be competitive and want to win every game. But I think the fact that we're together, we were able to play these 16 games. Um, we're competing every game and day in. Uh, it was very, very difficult. It was, it was hard for the players. Uh, you're talking about the Glasgow Rangers players, first time abroad, right? And they're hitting a pandemic and, and dealing with that. Uh, having players, you know, like Michael Orozco, who have family at home and now had the, obviously his children home and he helped with homework or other players who, who were just not, not used to this. So, and I know every club had these challenges, but I was very, very proud, like I said, how we handled it and how the players handled it. So I think, again, that it, it's, it was for all of us. Uh, it was difficult, but it was, we had a lot of, it was gratifying to see everybody play and it was very gratifying for the organization, for me personally, and for the players and the staff to see you guys out there and doing so. And yes, of course, we were all disappointed that we didn't get to where we wanted to go. But trust me, you know, we're a club. We're striving for the absolutely best. and We'll not stop down there and we'll be better for it next year. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Um, so my question was, um, now I know that you uh, are, I'm not sure the right word, but in charge of Soccer for Hope. Um, and what do we have to look forward to uh, from Soccer for Hope in the coming year? Well, look, I can tell you this, uh, and I appreciate you mentioning that. Uh, I think if you know my story a little bit and the one of my family, Soccer for Hope is something that is near and dear to our heart. Uh, it's a foundation that we founded uh, about 22 years ago, and we've raised uh, now almost or actually over $4 million with our latest uh, online event. Uh, it's all the money we raise. It's 100% volunteer. My wife uh, runs the foundation, and it's for our time to give back. We we founded a soccer for hope originally um, after I had a bone marrow transplant that ended my soccer career, and we wanted to give back to the community. And then it turned into obviously through our own family into losing both of our children to brain tumors became a lot more personal, and we, and our focus was pediatric cancer research. And so that's where our funding is going to. We've made some significant stripes there on the research through studies that we founded. But it was also important for us, and especially for me, when I when I became a part of Orange County Soccer Club, that our players are role models and that they knew about Soccer for Hope and that they will give back. Because, again, taking care of your community is very, very important. And all of our players in the organization have embraced the mission of, soc of Soccer for Hope. That is when we go to the children's hospitals. Um, and, and make a difference for these children, but also by doing the clinics and we having an annual clinic, obviously, that our players are doing for the community that unfortunately we couldn't do this year, uh, where we have hundreds of children and they learn about the mission, they're learning about the game and they come out and enjoy and our players get to enjoy being the coach and spending time with them. So I think what we have to look forward to is obviously doing clinics next year again. Hopefully we can make one more than this year and to continue to make a difference during their year through children's hospital visits and stuff. So it's something, again, that we feel strongly about, the club feels strongly about, and hopefully our fans and our community feel strongly about as well. All right, I think, uh, Dylan, you had a, a question? I do. One last one. Oliver, lots of talk about the future off the field, on the field. Um, 
you know, the work you do with Soccer for Hope, what you do with the club. A um, l- little bit of a rumor swirling around today that the teams decided for a May 1st start date. Is that something that uh, you can confirm? Well, yeah, I will tell you this. There's a lot of rumors. And I think what it will ultimately come down to, when is it safe again to play? Uh, even this year, it was all about can we actually establish a safe environment for our players and also for our fans. And ultimately, it was clear that we could not provide it for the fans um, with all the local guidelines, and it wasn't the right thing to do in protecting them. So I think there are many, many uh, rumors out there. When we're starting off again, I think the one thing I can tell you, we'll be starting off again when it's safe for everybody because I think we all believe we want to play in front of our fans and when you cannot have fans in the stadium, yeah, it, it's simply not the same. We did it this year, but I don't think there's one team in the league um, that actually would want to play without fans, obviously from a commercial aspect, but also just from an entertainment aspect and from an atmosphere aspect. And the truth of the matter is we still don't have a big TV contract, as you know. So having fans in the stands is a major component of all the USL franchises. So I cannot confirm what the date is because, to be honest with you, uh, there's multiple days that have been thrown around. What I can confirm for you is that we will play and, and kick off again when it's safe for everybody, and that includes the players, the fans, the staff, and hopefully uh, that's as soon as possible. But we, at this point today, uh, it will be speculation that we could really pinpoint one date. Perfect. Um, I, I have one last question for you if you have a little bit more time. Yeah, Oliver. of course. Um, I just wanted to ask you because there was also, you know, with all the announcements, we we sort of left out the announcements of the academy team. Uh, and then also the, the club also has plans for even youth development in the area, which I know you talked about, you know, the community is a big aspect of things. And I think that's going to be a big part of that. Um, how important uh, was putting that together uh, as far as a, a youth sort of partnership with some local youth clubs, the academy team? Um, and, and how important was that for the club as far as their development and their their sort of mantra of pathway to pro that they've been pitching here for the last couple of seasons? I mean, for us, it was absolutely essential to have a second team. And even though it's uh, our academy team, we're almost looking at this as a reserve team for us because the reality is we'll continue to sign top young talents, but they also need playing time. And you know, also know the USL championship level is on a very, very high level now, so you cannot compete and compete for championships or playoffs if you would only play with young players and they have to earn it and they have to earn it in the training and they have so so to have now a second team uh for us where we can have more of these young players right and that is fully controlled by us and i can confidentially say here that uh we also have some glasgow rangers coaching involvement there as well on this uh we're really taking now the player development uh, down from the first team into our academy team slash reserve team and just establish a better pathway for everybody and looking at more of the talented players because the reality is we feel very strongly that the most talented players should be in that professional environment starting at age 14 or 15. You look at the development of Francis Jacobs this year who uh, is now in top, top level and he's, he's evolved in that uh, professional level. But obviously this year, with the limitations we had, he couldn't play any youth games and he couldn't play all the minutes he probably would have wanted or we want to give him for his ongoing development as it is with Kobe Henry and everybody else uh, that we have on the team. So I think this will give us the next step in development. It's a very important, important, critical piece. And the fact that we're controlling our own academy reserve team 
And if needed, giving these young top players the 90 minutes they need, if they cannot get it on the first team, is a very important step. So be very excited about it. And there'll be some major announcement coming here over the next few weeks as well about it. Perfect. Thanks for, for sharing on that. Um, uh, you know, ultimately, I, I think that's we've asked all the questions we sort of had planned for tonight. No, not much of a plan. We're just sort of shooting some questions off the top of our head. But uh, we definitely want to thank you for taking some time to come on the show again, Oliver. Do you have any last message for the fans uh, uh, for the upcoming season? Or is there any, you know, plans that you uh, you can share with us uh, that may be coming up soon or any announcements that may be coming up soon or <laughs> or <laughs> well, there's, there's always exciting announcements coming up right but i think my thing is uh, as and alan said it actually best truly i can probably pass on the gratitude from everybody i know what you guys are doing with your show look you know how important it is for us to continue to build a fan base a culture uh, we believe we have a very good product on the field and our goal is always uh, to try to strive to win for a championship but not at all costs, meaning that is we want to do it our way um, with our restraints, but we have shown that we can develop players while competing and we'll continue to do that. The goal is very, very clear going into next season. We want to be back in the playoffs. We want to win a championship and all of our players want to do so. And we will not use any excuses, but I think it's going to be a very exciting time, but you also have to give thanks and appreciation during a very difficult time. And, and again, as I said, uh, Look, we want to be better on the field. We want to see ourselves playing in the championship. But I also, again, want to thank all of you, each single one of you, because you're making a difference. You're building this without fans, without support, and with all the family. We don't, we wouldn't have a club, and and hopefully we can be better for next year. And uh, I, I think you have a lot of things to look forward to as we're building a very exciting roster and a team that will compete, but also something that we all can be proud of. So again, my heads up is to all of you, and I really mean that. Uh, from from all of us thank you for everything you've done for us and we're not stopping here thank you so much for that uh, once again ladies and gentlemen that is the general manager from your orange county soccer club oliver vise uh what thanks once again for taking some time to join us on here and we look forward to speaking to you again in the near future thank you guys see you guys soon all the best thank you awesome thank you, thank you so thank much you. all right ladies and gentlemen so or let me let me talk to you fo first uh gentlemen uh, uh, unfortunately that's that's what we have to say we Hey, it's not out of choice. We actually would love to have some uh, alternative voices jumping onto this podcast and, and speaking with us, but uh, we haven't found anyone that's interested yet. Uh, maybe Andy, maybe you know someone, or maybe just by us begging here right now. Hey, let's get some more voices on here. Um, thoughts really quick. I'm going to go to Andy first as as like the the fan on our show. Although you've been on enough times where you now can be sort of considered a regular guest, we're going to have to put you on the show notes now too. So we're going to have to get a good a headshot of you to put onto our uh, onto the page. But uh, what are your thoughts uh, after hearing from uh, from uh, Oliver there about uh, what happened this season and you know his his thoughts that he could share for next season? Uh, you know, I I think it's fair. And my biggest takeaway from this season, um, from you know all levels of the front office and coaching staff, was. Uh, the the honesty and transparency, you know, to to stand up and say, hey, we didn't play as well as we wanted to, and and not not you know when you see it, you know, in in like an NFL press conference and they're saying the dumb stuff they say every week, where oh we just got to execute, blah blah blah, but really um, really taking a hard look as an organization and, and saying what's going wrong, 
and being able to pinpoint, you know, these are the things that aren't happening. And, and Oliver mentioned it. He said, you know, we made a, we created more chances than any other team. We just couldn't convert them into goals. Uh, you know, and fixing a problem, you know, the first thing you have to do is identify it. So, you know, that's true in anything, business, personal life, soccer, footy, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, so for me, the, the biggest thing I've gotten from, um, you know, Chap came on, Oliver Now's come on, Jeff come on, um, the players that have been on, they've all said, you know, just super honest and said, Hey, we didn't, we didn't do the things we needed to do. And, and I think fans for the most part appreciate that, you know, we can be disappointed. We didn't win, but um, no one wants to be lied to, you know, no one wants the, the truth just kind of brushed aside or, you know, sunshine blown up our, you know, whatever's, uh, this is a family show, so I got to really censor myself there. You could say backside. Um, I mean, that that's not bad. That's so English, though. Backside? I'm not sure. <laughs> what language bum? do we speak should here? I have said? Should I have said bum? No, when I say English, I mean like England English. That's not, you know, we just don't say backside, really. But anyway, you know what I mean. Um, you know, it, it's funny. This came up before. Am I talking too much? I feel like I'm talking too much. Oh, oh, good. It, it gives us a chance to rest our voices. Okay. This is this so, is awesome. We don't have to talk much. Yeah, when we were all quarantined for, I don't know, what was it, a year? I think it was only a couple months, but it was a year. I caught up and watched um, Sunderland Till I Die. And, you know, there's, there's such a difference between the first season of Sunderland and the second season of Sunderland when the ownership changes. The first season, it's really a lot of sunshine and rainbows and unicorns, and they're they're kind of trying to carry on business as usual. If you just watch the show, it didn't exactly happen. And then the second season, you've got new owners who are being very um, transparent and very clear about, you know, here's the deal and here's what it is. Um, you know, and, and even there, you know, a, a club like Sunderland, that's huge, massive club. Um, even there, the fans are still frustrated, but they understand and they appreciate the transparency. And that's how I felt about it um, from the beginning. You know, it's 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 nice to just have the club treat you with respect in that matter. So can I just say this coming? Th this is the, the the person that anytime we start talking about Premier League, he like will tweet out like boo or he'll comment boo or whatever. And then he's bringing up Sunderland on our podcast. So just, just know, Andy, we're going to remember this. The next time we talk about Liverpool or Tottenham or Luton town, we're going to remember this and, and remind you, Hey, you brought up Sunderland on our podcast. You no longer can boo English soccer. To be clear. I brought up the TV show. I haven't watched a single one of their games. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll, we'll sort of give you that. Um, let me go to you really quick, Dylan. Uh, again, talking about Oliver in here, because I think, uh, for those that listen to the podcast, you missed out his beautiful reaction when I asked the question about the lack of goal scoring. Um, Dylan looked like a deer in headlights there for a second uh, when I asked that question. Um, but respect to Oliver, though, for for taking that question and, and answering it honestly, right? Yeah, massively. Um, I I cannot believe you asked that question. Sometimes you do things where I'm like, wow, I mean... He doesn't care. I shouldn't be surprised, though, because much like him answering that question and, and actually being honest with us, um, 
I mean, the, the club has been good to us. Um, they've they've been honest and they've been open with us. And I, I assume, you know, if uh, if you were to ask a question that they disagreed with, uh, they wouldn't just, you know, cut the cord and, and, and let us dangle um, and set us to be free to be some aimless uh, podcast or even more of an aimless podcast than we already are. But no, I mean, and honestly, good it's catch. great. Um, it's I, I can't really talk up enough I, I'm, I sound like I'm brown though then I'm like I'm putting my nose up somewhere the backside, backside. yeah to, to call back there but um, it's it's actually really great to be able to talk to coaches and to talk to players and to talk to front office staff and, and get answers about them and and have them honest be honest about the things that are going wrong instead of everything being uh, rainbows and sunshine all the time because if this year has taught us anything on and off the field it's not all rainbows and sunshine. Um, sometimes you need someone to uh, tell it straight and, and be honest and recognize that there are issues. And that's what we had here. And if only every other part of our lives was was like this, we'd, we'd be so much better off. Well, I, I think that's the, you know, you want that from your leadership, whether, whether it's in sports or outside of sports, you want, you know, your leadership to be able to be accountable for, for what happened, right? So, you know, this season did not go as planned for Orange County. I mean, we all know that. I mean, you guys know the grade I gave, which I, I appreciate you guys not bringing that up uh, while we had Oliver on, on the show. Uh, but you missed the last two episodes. What? It was an F. Yeah, it was. It, it was. Hey, but, uh, you know. You want that. You want that leadership that's going to go and say, "Yeah, it didn't go the way we planned," and it's it's you know we we strive to do better. We're not. You don't want to just hear the excuses or like Andy was bringing up. You know, you watch those football press conferences, basically saying we just didn't do what we were supposed to do type thing. I mean, yeah, that's sort of the answer, but that's it's usually more cookie cutter when you're seeing those press conferences uh, for for football or something like that. Whereas this this was just honest uh, answering, um, and he even called out your San Diego there. Uh, uh, Alan for bringing in, you know, top quality stuff mid season instead of sticking with the, with the roster that you had to start the season. But I mean, to be fair, that San Diego squad in the middle of the season was real rough. They needed a, a shot in the arm for sure. <laughs> like they, like, yeah. I mean, that was the, that was like right after I was like, they're not making the playoffs. This team will not make the playoffs. And they're like, they went out and got some guys. But let, let me just ask it. I mean, isn't that supposed to be what it is your first season as a professional sports team in America? You're supposed yeah. to struggle for a year or two mm -hmm. before mm -hmm. you are, are competitive. So, I mean, in the end, you know, if San Diego would have played the, the, the normal way. They would have just struggled all season and, and went with mm -hmm. that. I mean, but they decided just let's just throw some money and bring in some players. But uh, uh, I think this just, isn't a San Diego thing, but go for it. I, I think the, the refreshing, well, I think two things. I think you get a different answer if this was midseason and you asked that question. So I think you have to worry about, hey, here's the guy who makes career decisions bad mouthing me on a podcast. Not that they would, not that they're listening, but I think you get a different answer midseason than they do, um, than you do at the end of the season because I think teams right now with this potential longer off season are really looking at and identifying those issues of improvement, and they've already made a move that says we realize that this is a deficiency. Let's go out and get a guy who can fit into our system um, and score some goals. Because ultimately, when you um, identify some of the issues, it wasn't on the back end. Um, how many guys, Alan? I mean, you take the opportunities you have. Oh, it's a, it's a Chad comment. Uh, you take the opportunities you have to bring in guys. And I think um, 
with Orange County, I think they had the talent on the pitch. It just wasn't ever clicking. And if it clicked, they would have been fine. Um, but it just never did. Um, with a San Diego team, you get a phone call and you get a Guido on the line, you're going to take a Guido. I think with a Miguel Berry, he's choosing which Southern California team he wants to go to. Um, and I think he made a choice. Like, I think he could have easily ended up in Orange County and played in Orange County and did well. Um, I, I think it's Orange County was in a position of, I think that they're only a few pieces away and they've already made some moves to address it, which is great. Like already, we're already out of the gate. He is right. Like it's probably one of the better free agents on the market. And it addresses a need that seemed to be a little bit of lacking that secondary goal scoring, that midfield goal scoring. And it really makes you feel like they're using, they're doing smart investments to tweak things in the team. And that's hopeful for Orange County because they really aren't rebuilding. They're just, I think that they're in a position to tweak and adjust. Um, it is refreshing to hear honesty. Um, and I, I don't think we've ever not got that out of him. Um, I think he's always been very open with here's our plan. Here's what we're doing. Here's, you know, and so you can always see that he's thinking next season, season after season after when he's making decisions, which is always refreshing with a sports franchise. You don't want guys going, I want to save my job now. It's I want to invest into this club. So we might hit a bump here and there, but I know that this team is going to be successful for the long run as well. And that's great. I mean, and I think that that plays to what the club has been preaching the last couple of seasons is that pathway to pro, that youth development, that bringing the, you know, looking for the hidden gem locally and, and bringing them in and bringing in some some professionals to help them along their way, which we've seen. Um, and, and I'm glad to see that that's the plan there. And it's it, I, I think. You know, you're not going to do that as a GM unless you have the backing of your ownership, right? So if you had an owner that's saying, no, we need to win now, we need to, you know, bring in the players for now, then we might not be seeing that. But apparently it looks like that this is the plan for this club is to bring in a mix, develop youth, build those programs, find those hidden gems locally, bring in some some veterans with experience and, and make that work, which... I'm comfortable with, I like that as a game plan. I'm not one of those fans that wants to just, I don't want my team to just go spend all their money and bring in all these big name players and then hope it works. Right. And then, you know, financially there's, there's concerns or issues or trouble in, in five years. I also don't want to be one of those teams that's bringing in all youth players and, you know, hoping just one season it magically works out that you just have this amazing group of youth players. Orange County tries to do that blend, which I think is going to be good for the longevity of the club and also keep them uh, very competitive uh, throughout the seasons. It's also not just good veteran players. They're good veteran players who are already invested in the community as well. You're bringing in those local guys that have a connection to Orange County that make it even more meaningful because it's not just on the pitch, it's off the pitch as well. And, and you know, I, I, I hate to say this, I didn't know anything really much about Chris Weehan before the announcement uh, a couple days ago. And I, I researched him. Yeah, he went to the, the high school that my kids will probably go to when they get into high school. Um, so I, I look at that, that, that's pretty cool. Like my kid might follow in those footsteps uh, in the near future. Um, let's talk about, because we spent a lot of time here talking about uh, – uh, the the club with and speaking with Oliver there. I want to get to a couple other things really quick. I want to um, speak about the sad news that came out of Reno uh, the, in the last couple days. 
um, you know, uh, I think Reno holds a big place in some of our hearts. You know, uh, uh, three of us here went on a road trip to Reno, um, what, not this last season, but the season prior for the the opener. Um, and it was a really great experience. The fans there welcomed us. They they treated us like like we were one of their own, even though we were the opposing uh, fans. Uh, that flag that's sitting behind Andy, if you're watching live, got stolen at the stadium. And those fans that we made friends with, they were furious about that. And they were like, and, and even the ownership there in Reno, the, the were or not the ownership, but the like the general manager in Reno was like upset about it and was looking up to uh, looking into that. And luckily, it was found and brought back to us. But unfortunately, if you haven't heard, Reno announced they are folding operations, which again is so sad because it was such an awesome place to go as um, a USL soccer fan. Reno was a great stop; those fans were amazing, and it was a competitive team, which which sort of I think confused a lot of people. Really quickly, because I don't want to take up too much time um, for this episode, because there's a few other things I want to talk about. Quick thoughts on this. I'm going to go to you first, Andy, because you know you're. You're the person behind that that missing flag that got found. Um, so you have a lot of of knowledge about Reno, their fans, and even their team, their ownership, or their 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 management. Yeah, I wouldn't say a lot, but some. Um, you know, from my perspective, I know there are going to be different opinions about different things that have happened in Reno. Um, you know, our our trip up there was, like you said, it was great. Um, just side note. Um, Oliver bought us a round of drinks before the game started in the stadium. Um, but, um, you know, mostly I feel bad for the fans because they were all passionate. Um, you know, it, they seemed to drop pretty well. Uh, my understanding from what I've read from other people is the, the ownership did not see a way forward with a local soccer specific stadium. And um, from what I, again, understand, their thought long-term was there's no money in this long-term if we can't get our own stadium. So we're out. Um, you know, I think that's, that's the worst possible thing that could happen <laughs> to a lower division club is for some owner to just decide they're out. And we could argue all night about what's wrong with the American soccer pyramid. And we're not here for that. There's plenty of other podcasts you can go argue about that on um but i mean i just i read the news and i was just gutted i started texting the people i know up there like is this true did this happen and uh i won't name names but more than one person told me they were in tears over it it's just tor- terrible story yeah no it was it was definitely uh, a shock to i think all of us um maybe alan knew uh, just because the day before he had a knowledgeable uh, usl person uh on his show. So he might've known this was coming, but it was a shock to most of us. And, you know, again, for those of you that have followed our podcast through the years that we've been around, uh, the Reno podcast up there, 1868 weekly has been one of like our biggest like partnerships. I know we haven't had those guys on in a while, but they were one of those, uh, uh, podcast shows. I mean, that we sort of bonded with really quickly. Uh, John McAluso, who started that show back in the day, sort of used to joke that he was the, uh, unofficial third co-host of this before Alan joined us uh, back in those <laughs> days. And then even, uh, you know, just a side note, and I, I think we've shared this before, but when Dylan and I made the trip up there for that match that, uh, that Andy was talking about, that Oliver bought the, the round of drinks for everyone, um, you know, Bradley 
didn't even know who we were at that point, really uh, volunteered to be our chauffeur around town that day. And he picked us up from the airport, showed, uh, took us to uh, the fan uh, juice bar meetup before a match with some of the players. Jurse. Huh? It's Jurse because it's a okay. with an umlaut. Okay. Oh yeah. I remember that. We were, we were sort of, sort of wondering what was going on with that. Uh, Took us around a little bit, um, you know, dropped, uh, and then we all got to go hang out with their fans at their bar before the match. And it was a good old time. I mean, if you follow our our Twitter account, I posted some pictures from our, from that. I I didn't share many, but because I didn't have many to share, but I shared some of the pictures from that. And then, you know, took us to a brewery afterwards that almost caused Dylan and I to miss our flight back home. Um, yep, there's there's an amazing picture that's from the the Reno fan bar, uh, you know, right across the street from the stadium too, which was really cool. You know, us here in Orange County, we don't get to experience that that uh, that awesomeness of going to a bar that's literally right across the street from your stadium and being able to get drunk and then walk right across the street and go to a soccer match. Um, so it was really awesome. And again, these were some awesome fans. You know, they, they shared their, their traditions with us. The, you know, who can forget the Malor, 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 oh. whatever that stuff Malor. is that is nasty, but we all tried it because we were there and they were offering it to us. Um, so I feel really bad for the fan base there because it's really great fans, by the way, for any of those fans, if you want to jump on and, and become sort of official, unofficial orange County soccer club, Caroline coalition members, We'll welcome you on uh, on board because uh, you guys are awesome people. I know there's teams a little bit close to you. I know you guys won't go to Las Vegas or Sacramento, but you know who knows what what the plans are there. But really sad news. Um, anyone else have anything else they want to share about this before we move on? You know, my my heart really goes out to them. Um, I we would all be in the exact same situation if this club folded. They were a really great group of people. Um, we had a really, really great time up in Reno last year when they came down. Um, plenty of lots of uh, lots of new faces. Um, such a great group. So, you know, maybe don't forget that we're all just fans of lower division soccer. And realistically, this could happen to any of us at any given time. Um, so yeah, try to be nicer to one another every once in a while. We had a great time bantering back and forth. And we had a great time getting way too drunk and almost missing our um our flight back which i'm sure dylan stumbling not once but twice on the way to the or maybe three times who remembers on the way to the plane and then almost throwing up on the flight back oh but so glad i did not go with you guys (laughs) Um, you did carpool us to the airport but you went on a different flight yeah i didn't get drunk at the brewery i got i got drunk at the pregame the, the funny thing is what we went to the brewery and we got back to the airport like 45 minutes before our flight. And lo and behold, that's when they were calling the last call. So Dylan was freaking out and running and was drunk when he was running. So he couldn't run well. Mm. Yes. Stumbling is a more accurate term. But, you know, honestly, I, I really love the relationships and the friendships that I've built um, in, in this sport. And so when it is safe to do so i hope we get to to not only see them again um but to uh see some new people around the usl and around the league um and and hopefully not miss any flights but definitely have some fun yes definitely alan uh any last comments on this or are you ready to move on Uh, i just think it's a larger move of mls two sides mls attached sides getting moved out of the league um which has its benefits, has its drawbacks. Unfortunately, Reno is one of those. 
Uh, but Reno will live on. Uh, Ian Russell will find a job somewhere because he's too smart not to be hired. Uh, three of their guys hopped up to MLS. There are several more big names out there from Reno. Um, they're a talented squad, so they will live on next year on someone else's team. And um, just like St. Louis, it's sad to see two kind of um, a storied franchise and a important franchise in or a successful franchise in Reno both go away. Um, but this, yeah, this is the nature of lower league soccer. Nothing is forever. And let me say this: I have no like I I I don't run Counterline Coalition or things of a but. Battleborn Brigade, if you want to come down to an OC match, random OC match, and hang out with Counterland Coalition, I, I guarantee you they will welcome you there into, into their section and allow you to cheer along with them and and have a good old time with them. So make your trip down to Orange County if you ever have a chance to. That you know, We would love it. Um, let me get on to this. Uh, Andy, he didn't just join us randomly. I mean, he he sort of did, but he did want to speak of, of an awesome thing that happened recently. Well, a crappy thing that happened that turned into an awesome thing. I, I don't know the best way to say it. So I'll let Andy get into the details of that, but there's a reason why he has that FC Austin elite uh, scarf hanging there next to the Canaline coalition flag. Andy share this, this story of crap that turned into a story of awesomeness. I had to change my hat. Um, so uh, I'll try to be brief. And before I say anything i want to be clear that i don't i don't speak for uh, this is a story about my my daughter's high school team i don't speak for the team i don't speak for the coach i don't speak for the booster organization and i don't speak for the school or the school district speaking only as a parent so i just wanted that to be clear that i'm not speaking on anyone else's behalf um, so anyway, the story uh, on, I think it was on the 19th of October, and that seems like a lifetime ago because first we had horrible wildfires in Southern California, and then we had an election and just so much chaos has happened in that time. I really had to sit back and think about <laughs> the sequence of events. Um, so we had a meeting on the 19th because soccer is going to start and they're going to play in the winter. And um you know, normal booster me. They're talking about fundraising and this and that. And the, the coach, who's a really good guy, um, he says, you know what? One of the things we want to do is we want to build up our own strength and conditioning uh, equipment, like have our own gym. Because uh, right now we're sharing with all these other programs and it's hard to get time. So we want to get our own set of equipment. Um, oh, and hey, by the way, we also need to replace all of our field equipment because everything got stolen. So like a lot of schools, uh, our program um, stores all their gear in a big C container that's, you know, plopped on the campus near the fields. And some point over the, you know, over the quarantine break and the summer break, um, some dirt bags uh, went onto campus and broke into a bunch of these C containers and stole a bunch of stuff, including pretty much all the um, soccer equipment from the women's program. I, I can't speak for the men's program. My understanding is just the women's. Um, and it was all the soccer balls, um, all their audio equipment, so like loudspeakers and stuff for when they're doing, you know, beep test and drills and all that stuff. Um, all that stuff just completely gone. Um, you know, I did a quick kind of tally of what was missing, and it was it was easily three thousand bucks worth of stuff uh, without even you know, breaking a sweat, 3000 bucks. And that's a lot for any high school program to try to come up with. Uh, Cause we also not only have to try to 
replace all this stuff. We have to get money for the coming up season and, and all those things that happen. And I heard this and I was just completely gutted. I'm trying not to get <laughs> emotional. Um, you know, this is a program that our coach basically, I don't want to say from scratch, but basically from, from almost zero. Um, the story he likes to tell is when he took over the program, the varsity team was playing in kits that were, you know, eight or 10 years old or something. And they just, they didn't have new kits and there was no mechanism to get new kits. Uh, the district only pays for a varsity coach and assistant. Um, so, you know, obviously one of the other programs is going to suffer if you only have two coaches and you want to have three teams. So through a lot of hard work, he's not only turned the program around um, competitively, but also um, fundraising, booster group, you know, all that stuff. And uh, just to hear this was just, it made me really angry. So I was venting on social media. Um, well, wait, before I go any further, what questions do you guys have? I think we're just sort of like involved in this story right now. What happened when you went to social media? <laughs> be like, way to transition, Alan. Way to transition. Law and order. And I just, you know, just making sure. So I was just kind of venting on social media, primarily Twitter. Um, and, you know, that's what people do, right? We vent on social media. We don't ever, we don't normally. Um, think that anything is going to come of it. We just need to, you know, get the head trash out. And immediately, many people jumped up and said, how can I help? So I emailed the coach. I'm like, hey, I've, I've got this really big network, and I want to ask people if they can help us solve this. Um, and he said, absolutely go for it. See what we can do. So, you know, I got a Venmo uh, account. No, I didn't get it. I got the one that the team uses. Um, I got tax IDs that for the 501c3 for people who wanted to write it off, all that stuff. And the following day I posted again on Twitter and just basically told this whole story, but in, you know, 240 little character <laughs> posts to explain the whole thing. Um, and I, I, I was shocked at how quickly we went from uh, pretty much rebuilding a program from, from ground zero to having all the stuff replaced with, within a, about 24 hours um, between people buying stuff uh, on Amazon, um, sending money through Venmo, um, snail mailing personal checks which i haven't written a check in probably 12 years but people sending in checks and i'm not trying to make light of it it just blew me away uh and these were mostly strangers um you know people that i kind of knew on the internet you know like when i was a kid my mom would always say don't meet people from the internet and now here are these strangers rescuing my kids program uh between you know myself uh my kids, my dad, my kid's grandfather made a big uh, donation. Um, several soccer clubs did. Um, a bunch, the local community kind of got together and, and sent in some things. Uh, one of our uh, crosstown rival teams um, 
hand delivered a check one day and said, hey, here you go. Uh, my kid's a senior. And I just wanted to have a as normal senior year as possible. You know, losing... I don't know, 40 or 50 soccer balls. How do you how do you come back from that? Because this it was all the team stuff. Everything was gone. Balls, ball bags, bibs, sound equipment, pretty much anything that could be sold by tweakers uh, was stolen. Um, the 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 one the the two I really want to specifically call out, um, uh, Chad from Orange County SC reached out and said, hey, we want to help. We have a meeting today and we're going to talk about it. Um, great. Awesome. That sounds awesome. Um, and then kind of out of the blue, uh, a podcast called Our Cup of Tea, I think it's called, also on Twitter. Um, they kind of retreated and, and tagged a few people. And uh, one of those folks that reached out to me was FC Austin Elite, uh, a women's team, obviously, in Austin, um, who plays in the UWS. And uh, whoever I'm talking to, the person in charge over there says, how many balls do they need? I'm ordering some for a foot golf tournament. And I'll just tack those on. It's fine. Don't worry about it. It's no problem. And I'll ship them right wherever you need them to be shipped. And like, like that, um, the you know, the problem was solved. Um, so, you know, that's where we're at. Um, I have a list of, you know, shout outs that I'll get to in just a second. Um, but I'll, I'll obviously miss some people. I'll, it's not a personal slight on you. There was just, it, it happened really fast. And I'm, I am beyond grateful that, you know, I don't, I don't sleep on a bed made out of hundred dollar bills. Um, and there's only so much I can do, but, you know, using the tools I had and strangers stepping up and fixing it. So I, I made a list. So let me read my list. So um, obviously uh, orange and black soccer cast, uh, Fairweather pod, Caroline coalition, uh, Kevin at the PRFC fan show, uh, our cup of tea, uh, DJ up in Reno, Harry out in San Antonio. Uh, I, I, I think it's Monica, um, Monica McPee. I'm, I'm not exactly sure what her name is. I, soccer mom, soccer mom. Yeah. Her, I've only seen her on Twitter and I've seen like, there's a video about her, but I don't know her real name. Um, also rising nation. Um, uh, you know, also, this this is my favorite one, Space United FC, which is an amateur team apparently made up of uh, um, aerospace engineers. Kind of interesting little niche there. Um, but yeah, definitely a special shout out to uh, Orange County SC and, and Aiden Quinn uh, personally reached out to me and asked how he could help. Um, and then, you know, again, FC Austin Elite uh, coming in deep with the with the the select soccer balls and bags and they even threw in some bibs uh for the kids because you know like i said all our stuff was just gone that that's the whole story 
Um, if you contributed, thank you very much. If, if all you could do was amplify the message, thank you. Look at this, uh, Andy trying to make us cry on this episode. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, I no, honestly, I'm going to tell you right now, like I'm getting teary eyed watching this guy talk about his daughter's soccer program. Um, it, it, this is the amazing thing about soccer. Uh, you know, sports, sports is an awesome thing, but for some reason, soccer is this like community of people. Uh, if you find out someone is a soccer fan, you just instantly want to talk to them, learn more about them. And when we saw this come out and then when we saw like the responses, like you said, uh, soccer mom out there in Phoenix responding, you know, asking what she can do to help. And then, you know, all these people offering this help to, a, a, a high school soccer program that they have no affiliation with. They'll never probably go to watch one of these matches, but they wanted to help. Uh, it's this, it's this heartwarming story and it sucks that it had to happen because, you know, it sucks that their equipment had to get stolen, but it's awesome to see this just sort of community across the nation uh, of soccer lovers getting together and saying, what can we do to help out? Um, whether it meant, like you said, actually buying equipment or just spreading the message. Cause I'm, I, I guarantee you, you know, FC Austin elite or the, the aeronautics soccer amateur team. <laughs> um, they're, they're not going to know what the heck is going on with your uh, local you or your local high school soccer team, unless people are, are spreading this message out on social media. And so many times we see social media is used as this negative tool to like share uh, bad experiences or to trash talk or whatever. But in instances like this, it's, it, this is a beauty of social media where, you know, a dad who's just, you know, venting their story about what happened to their, to their daughter's soccer team. Um, it turns into this beautiful message. And, uh, you know, I know I'm, I'm going to speak for Dylan and Alan, cause I think I'm going to get these words, right. We're appreciative for everyone that, responded that shared that donated or purchased items for for your daughter's team um because it sucks what happened um but that's what the beauty of this sport the, the beautiful game of soccer is there's a reason why people love this game and it, it goes beyond being just a fan of one team and only caring about that one thing it's caring about the big thing um so props to anyone that did anything to help with that. And, and we definitely wanted to get you on the show. Uh, yeah, you mentioned it. We took some breaks because of fires, uh, because of elections. I mean, two weeks ago, uh, for those that live in Southern California, we were having some pretty bad fires here in Orange County to the point where uh, there was a Monday night where my inside of my house with all the doors locked and closed smelt like a, like I was right next to a, a campfire um, and it was horrible. So I told Dylan Allen, like, I can't do a Tuesday night podcast because it's still smoky and my lungs, my eyes, my throat was just killing me. And then of course an election comes up, which was a pretty big event. And I didn't want to compete with that because there's no way orange and black soccer cast is competing with a national election uh, for, for people wanting to listen. And because that election, you know, basically went on for five days, there was no way people were going to really pay attention to a, a little podcast about orange County soccer. So uh, I wanted to get you on for that. I appreciate you sharing the story. And again, thanks to anyone that that helped out with that. And, and I know we're going longer than we normally like to go, but um, this was a, a very big moment for 
the soccer community, I feel it, it was awesome. Dylan, Alan, do you guys have anything you want to throw on with that? I know Dylan's like make it pl- talking overtime here. I don't know what time it is in Iowa, but he should be in bed by now. Uh, it's just refreshing to see a lot of really good people coming together. Uh, and it, it does really show that you can banter all you want, but when it comes down to it, you know, we're all just trying to, we're all just trying to find our place in the world. And sometimes it's refreshing to see people who you've kind of gotten into it with, or had your disagreements with really coming together for a good cause. And um, I'm super happy to um, support uh, and be able to see that support for uh, not just soccer, but youth soccer and specifically uh, girls youth soccer um, to see that support for that um, is, is great. And hopefully, you know, 10, 15 years from now, uh, these girls will be off thinking about what a positive experience it was for them to have this season with that equipment. And then that leads them to do good things for others in the future as well. And it's just going to keep that positive energy going forward. Yeah. I'm, I mean, Ray, you even mentioned it with the fires two weeks ago. Um, and and even and again, people that aren't here, um, people that support, you know, our, our biggest rival. You know, obviously they, they can't do much when there's a fire. They can't come out and fight the fire um, or, or stop the winds or anything. But they reached out and, and they wished us well. And, and this is massive. Um, it's the same kind of stuff we we had um, and maybe even have with with arena supporters. Um, it's really nice to see just how large this community is, even if you only know a handful of people. Um, it, it makes me happy. It gives me a little bit of hope as a young person that um, <laughs> maybe we will be okay, um, and and that you know there are there are things to enjoy um, that that extend far beyond. Yes, and, and again, to just jump on top of that, I mean, it's awesome. It's it's an awesome story. It's it's in. Social media doesn't typically lead to an awesome story, but in this instance, social media led to an awesome story. Um, hopefully your daughter has an amazing season with her team, uh, Andy. I, you know, I know it's all still crazy the way things are going. Uh, you know, uh, sports is crazy. Uh, hopefully. I don't know what's going on in Orange County. I hear there's going to be this like second wave or that we're entering a second wave and we might lower to a, a lower tier again or something, but I, you know, it sucks because these, these kids need some normalcy in their lives. And, and hopefully this all becomes a great thing for your daughter and her soccer team and they get to have a good season. Yeah. And um, plus you're, you're super fans. So we got to love you. <laughs> yeah. Just one last time to say thank you to, to you three guys. And I know you all amplified and chipped in and I just, can't say thank you to everybody enough and props to like the fans like the phoenix fans like dylan was saying our our arch rivals basically a lot of them were jumping on that saying that sucks what can we do to help and i know i'm going to say this the phoenix fans are, are catching a hard break right now because of things that have happened recently with their team the team doesn't represent the fans the fans have their own beliefs the things that happen with the team are different so don't get on the, the fans for things the team does just like as orange County fans, if one of our players did something horrible, we wouldn't want to be, you know, held responsible for that as fans, because we are all, all 
our own, our own people. And most of us are pretty good people. So, um, yeah. Uh, you know, we didn't get to do player grades tonight, which is awesome. I don't care because we had a great conversation with Oliver and uh, Andy and a couple of things there. But I want to get into quick random thoughts here to end the episode, as we always do. And then we'll wrap things up. Apologies for an extra long episode, but great messages going around today. Um, let me go to I haven't heard Alan's voice in a while, so I'm going to go to him mm-hmm. first for random. Thought so my random thought is the uh, journey of Damian Quinn kit has finally come to an end. Uh, they tried to send this to me several times, but now I have the Damian Quinn soccer's kit. So now I just got to get uh, the braiding Cloutier, Cloutier kit at some point to finish my uh, San Diego soccer's trifecta um, with Quinn, Quinn, and now hopefully Cloutier. So I'm looking forward to celebrating Orange County through San Diego soccer's uh, gear. That's my right. We, we should find out if you can get that Braden Cloutier kit. 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 Um, hopefully, we maybe we can get him on the show. We can ask him if he would wear it to an Orange County match. <laughs> uh, just as a thing. We'll, we'll just, uh, if you get that kit, get it before we get him on the show. We'll ask him, hey, can you wear this at a, at a match just in honor of your soccer history? Um, mm-hmm. Dylan, random thought. Um, well, I can answer that question for you. Uh, he definitely cannot wear that that is against uh some usl he can, rules he can wear it under his track suit Landon That's donovan carries around a uh, uh supporters group scarf wherever he goes so i mean why he can't Braden wear something like under his suit or under his track suit or wrap it around like a like a preppy does back in like the 90s around his his neck you know hey stop no, I'm talking about like like Zach Morris back in the days on Saved by the Bell. Stop. You wear like a sweater around his neck. Stop. Uh, my, my random thought is that I want Braden to wear 20 polos to every game, and he wants like Kennedy with all of the uh, collars up. No, um, my actual random thought is um, we should be good people. And I know this is my random thought like every week, but you know, election day might be over or whatever, but. Um, that doesn't mean like work stops and, and we have a long way, long ways to go in a lot of places. Um, and we should, we should be good people and, and keep fighting, um, for, for what's right. The same way that, um, you know, the soccer community came together for, um, EDHS, you know, we, we need to come together for each other and, and for the other people that are around us in our, uh, in our communities and, all the communities basically i don't know just more hippie stuff be a good person like wear a mask i don't know peace and love he doesn't know uh andy random thought from you uh random thought uh check out fc austin elite um they have some cool merch there's profanity on the back of this so i can't really show it to you um and then I'm uh the... <laughs> it's pretty pretty rated pg-13 profanity but profanity nonetheless um, you know, FC Austin Elite, they play in the UWS. Uh, check out your local UWS team. Uh, the FC Austin Elite person told me that there will probably be some new teams announced for that league. Uh, so hopefully we'll see that happen. Um, the high school my kid goes to is El Dorado High School in Placentia, California. It's uh, Eldo Soccer on Twitter, E-L-D-O Soccer. If you want to check them out, check out FC Austin Elite. 
And also check out our Cup of Tea podcast on the Twitter machine. Awesome. And then I'm just going to throw out this completely different. Uh, I am someone that likes to buy things right when they come out. So I bought a couple new things recently, technology-based, the the Pixel 5, which is a pretty decent phone, not the greatest, but a, a decent phone. And I also bought the mini fridge from Microsoft that came out uh, today, actually, if you're listening on the podcast. Still trying to figure you know, my thoughts on that. It's, of course, brand new. But I got up at 5.30 in the morning, drove out to Best Buy, and bought the mini fridge from Microsoft which was pretty, uh, pretty, a pretty fun experience. Better than the previous experiences that I've had, where I've camped out all night to buy these devices. So instead, I I got up and picked up my mini fridge at uh, six in the morning. Um, by, the, by the way, if you don't know what what I'm talking about when I say mini fridge, it's the new Xbox um, Series X, which looks like a mini fridge, a really mini fridge, but a mini fridge. Um. <laughs> read a book come on it's all about video games fella um i want to thank oliver for joining us on this episode uh you know he's joined us a few times but it was awesome because we actually got to spend a good amount of time and we we asked him some pretty good questions and, you know dylan asked him about vegetables but the rest of us asked him about soccer related stuff so that was pretty fun i uh, also want to thank andy for joining us and sharing the story with what happened uh with his daughter's soccer team and the amazing outcome that happened from that that was pretty awesome i i'm realizing now as i'm looking at this like the branding for our show is like cutting off my eyes so all you're seeing is my nose and my mouth as i talk which is probably pretty cool for most of you um really quick dylan social media where can people find you you find me right there at ocse underscore dylan on twitter um slash you slash ocse underscore dylan on reddit or at eldonnews.org under the byline dylan allen uh allen Anderwood 48 Twitter machine. Uh, Andy. Yeah, I don't know what mine is, but um, you can find me pretty easily. <laughs> just look, just type in too slow and you'll probably find him, right? Andy too slow. No, I don't know what no. you're talking about. Okay. Um, and you can find me at DJ Ray Samora right there. There we go. On uh, Twitter, you can also follow the podcast on Twitter at OCSC underscore soccer cast. You can go to our website, OCSCpodcast.com. I think I got that right, ocsepodcast.com to uh, listen to our episodes, read something we write, even though we haven't written anything in a while. Uh, <clears throat> Dylan, write something. Um, <laughs> or Alan, write something too. I know you're busy as teaching though, Alan. Dylan just is chilling in Iowa, so he could definitely write something um, if you wanted to. I, I want to thank all of our listeners for listening, as they always do. Um, and yeah, uh, Alan, are you ready? Thanks to Before. our sponsor. Oh, wait, hold, on. hold on, hold on. Wait, I haven't got to you yet. Okay. Um, go, Alan. <laughs> Thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to the MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get your custom scarves to your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Are you tired of those same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday League squad, adultery, even pro team? Even pro. Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com. That's IcarusFC.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, and we are out.